Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSC Podcast. Uh, the title of today's episode is, When Your Partner is a Porn Addict, What Does Healthy Connection Look Like? Mm, healthy a, Connection. Healthy Connection and My Partner is a Porn Addict. Wait, isn't that like an oxymoron? <laughs> is that like worlds at the opposite end of the universe from each other? I've got to hate him <laughs> or <laughs> right. her, right? But it's, no, a, but it's uh, a real thing. It's a it real is. thing. It's very difficult to navigate healthy connection. Um, especially of course, when, when one or both of the spouses has an addiction issue, mm -hmm. but then as we start to look at, you know, as we call it D day disclosure day happens, and I become aware of my partner's addiction or acting out now, what does connection look like going forward? I mean, right. Mm. We all know that porn addiction or sex addiction destroys connection. Yes. And we could quickly state how it does that, you know, Steve, um, take the bullet list of how porn and sex addiction destroy connection. Sure. So connection has a couple of basic ingredients, right? If any intimate relationship with the spouse or anybody else, although with the spouse, that should be to the greatest degree, right? Relies on a few things. The first is trust, mm -hmm. right? And, and which, and trust bleeds directly into the other, one of the other primary ingredients, which is safety, mm -hmm. right? So my ability to trust what my partner is saying which impacts on things. And then there's kind of a third one, right? Which impacts things like consistency, right? Their ability to follow through with, with things and commitments versus not, right? And all that stuff. But then safety is, am I, is this a space where I can be me, mm. right? Is this a space where I can let down my guard? Is this a space where I can kind of take off my, you know, not just in a sexual way, but also in a very intimate, emotional way? Can I, can I disrobe with this person? Right? Can I be totally vulnerable with this person? And that's a great that's a great comment about why porn and sex addiction destroys healthy connection because yeah. we're out there in the world, and what do we have to do? We have to wear a sort of emotional armor. There's mm -hmm. so much in the world that is coming at us and attacking us and trying to use us, manipulate us, and right all this stuff that goes on on our, just watch commercials or <laughs> look at you know I I got a little thing on my phone uh, just now uh, scam likely. Right. Yeah. Who's the scam likely person that keeps trying to call me? 
Well, we're being bombarded all the time with people who are out to, who have an agenda, who are out to use us in some way. So we put on an emotional armor when we're out there. And in order to have healthy connection in our relationship, we want to be able to take off that emotional armor. We want to be able to be vulnerable and transparent and to put ourselves out there. But when sex and porn addiction come along and that disclosure takes place, what do we do? We have to put on our emotional armor now with our partner or our spouse. Yeah. We're no longer disrobing. We're like wrapping ourselves in 15 blankets, right? Right. Yep. We're armoring up with our head poking out and saying, yep, we're connected. (laughs) Yeah. It destroys trust. It destroys safety. It destroys realness and rawness. Right. So here's a question that I, that I hear a lot. So let's say that I've discovered my, you know, my partner or spouse's uh, struggle with pornography or, or, you know, sex addiction. Mm-hmm. Can there be any healthy connection before he gets into recovery? It's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> um, and I would say, oh, I would say that there's always an opportunity for healthy connection. But what both partners are doing within the relationship, right? Their actions, their conduct, how much safety is present versus not, how much trust is present versus not, directly impacts the level of depth. The level of depth of healthy connection. Yes, that's a great point. Right. And I agree with you. I think even even before a spouse who struggles with porn or, or sexual outlets isn't in serious recovery, there can be healthy connection. But you're right, yeah. Steve. It's it's probably going to be fairly surface, you know, fairly mm-hmm. shallow in most ways. But I'll, but I'll tell you one way that that healthy connection could go really, really deep, even yeah. before he quote gets into recovery, and that's you as a partner being really transparent and vulnerable and raw with your true feelings. Yeah, putting them out on the table, saying, "Here's how I feel about this. Here's where I'm at." This is no longer acceptable. Here are the boundaries that I need to establish in order to be willing to continue with this relationship. Yes. Right? That's, that's some pretty deep expressions and some pretty deep uh, you know, authenticity. For sure. Well, there is some deep, deep connection possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's, that's how it is. Getting raw, 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 and real, man. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, every relationship requires boundaries. We talk about that often here on, on, the, on the podcast, but uh, they become especially important right during this process because not just for the relationship, but, but specifically, I think, for each individual within it, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a spouse married to, a, to somebody who's struggling with addiction and betrayal and they're not a safe space, I need to be very concrete and clear in what area, because relationships are multifaceted, right? A case in point, I'm working with a couple right now who the when it comes to trust it isn't just as though they trust each other or don't right it's not an on off switch mm-hmm. she fully absolutely 100% trusts him as a father he's a great dad right yeah. he's a great dad he's a great provider he's consistent you know he brings home a paycheck that supports them right he does a lot of things right and 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 she we were actually just talking about this the other day she, she told me she's like if it ever came to like leaving my kids with him for the weekend right Absolutely no problem. Like I don't even hesitate when it comes to leaving himself alone, himself alone for the weekend. <laughs> no way. I'm right. terrified. No right? trust at all. I'm absolutely terrified because I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I don't even worry about the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that kind of just demonstrates this concept, right? We really have to map out 
and and really get real with 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 ourselves individually, but with our partner too about okay, so which areas of this relationship is trust still manageable? Is it still maybe even high versus not? At the beginning, right when the fallout first happens, I think it just we kind of globally label it as just like unsafe, right? Spouse, unclean, unsafe. You know, we can't do anything with them. Yeah, you just created a Hiroshima event. Yes. And atomic bomb, the whole thing. Yeah, you are the enemy, right? <laughs> right, you are the enemy. <laughs> you are everything. But but I think uh, that's that. I think that's where that healthy, you know, beginning to establish that healthy connection, that's where it begins, right? Is examining it a little more detailed and saying, okay, so here are the areas where trust has just been obliterated. Mm-hmm. But there are possibly these still strong points we can build on. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So connection is possible before, quote, he gets into recovery. Now, once in recovery, once he's in recovery, what does healthy connection look like then? Mm, right. Yeah. Now we can take it to a we can take it to a, a deeper level. We can we can we can start to talk about aspects of connection that we were that were not possible until he got into recovery. So we should talk real quick about what what are the areas of connection that are possible once a guy gets into recovery and and a partner or spouse gets into, you know, betrayal trauma healing. Yeah. How can we start to connect now in ways that we couldn't before? Yeah. No, absolutely. It's and and I think that exploration process, right? That's where you start to kind of gradually build it back. Mm-hmm. Right? As as we start to and there are a couple of ingredients for that, right? We we need to be in order for a spouse, for example, to begin trusting that partner again, or the, or, the, or the, that guy struggling with the betrayal. Um, there, we need to be seeing concrete, observable things, right? Yes, that are happening because trust. Yes. When we're rebuilding it, it it begins less. If we're being honest, it begins less with the emotional, and it becomes more with the verifiable. Right. Yes. To quote a popular phrase from a past president, right? Right. Trust but verify. I think that very much is a. Or as my wife says, talk is cheap. Show me. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. There need to be actual measurable things that that spouse who's undergone that trauma and is still working through her own trust issues, she, her brain, her spirit needs to th- see things that are observable that say maybe he's making changes. Yes. So right. if guys are listening right now, if you're, if you're struggling with addiction, trying to get into recovery or just starting in, or you've been in a while, Steve and I can tell you, if you want to, if you want to have healthy connection in your relationship, if you want to bring back, if you want to make deposits to that trust account, mm-hmm. you show your spouse that you are actually taking the reins of your own recovery. You're being proactive. You're not waiting for her to jump on your case or kick your butt or keep track of you or remind you. Yes. You're, you're proactively getting out there and doing things of your own volition. Mm-hmm. And you're showing her, you're letting her see that you're doing that. Yes. Right? You're leading out. You're leading out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that leading out concept, I don't think can be emphasized enough. I think it's one of the harder parts to grasp. Uh, so many guys who struggle with betrayal that we talk to when, when they have caused, and obviously this happens, right? Vice versa in terms of gender, but, but we, we use that because it's probably the more common. Uh, so many men that we talk to who've who've been involved in betraying their spouse, they they oftentimes in our office, right, will kind of right, Mark will just kind of throw up their hands and just be like, well, there's nothing I can do, right? I've screwed it all up. I've just messed everything up and it's just it's broken, right? It's ruined. And and while there is a, a probably a truth buried in there of of currently, if she is still with you, right, to those guys who maybe find themselves in that spot, 
if she is still with you, you got to ask yourself why. Why is she still with you? I have guys all the time who will go kind of into that hopeless victim sort of give up mode. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that partially brings them back is I'll just, I'll just ask them a question. Is she still there? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll talk to, yeah, you're absolutely right. We'll talk to guys, right? Where, you know, they've, they're, this problem has been ongoing in many cases for months, years, even decades. Yes. And she's still there. She's still there. Right. And guys will usually come up with, well, she's there for the paycheck and she's there for this. And, and uh, again, do those things probably play some role? Yeah, absolutely. But I think when spouses start to get to a healthy headspace and they start doing their own work, if she is still sticking around and she's doing that work, she is doing it for more than that. Right. There is, an, there is some level of hope that you can change, that you can do something different, that trust can be restored, that we can get that connection back. And in most cases, and this is the cool part, we may even have deeper, we may walk away from this with deeper connection than we had before. I would say that is, that is, that is nearly every case. Yeah, I would agree with you. Where, where both spouses work it. Mm-hmm. I find that I often say, if, if you come through this catastrophic situation, this literal bomb, this scorched earth, this crazy experience, if the two of you do your work and come through it, when you come out the other side, you will be more welded and bonded. And I say, there's nothing that can break you apart after that. Mm-hmm. They could drop bombs on you. They could do it. They could use a sledgehammer. You're not breaking that couple apart. Yeah. That's what it's like for my wife and I. I mean, but I mean, we, we say, yeah, we've been through hell, but look where we are. Yes. Right? That's the hopeful part. So that, sure. uh, so, so, so having the person in, in addiction recovery leading out being proactive, taking, taking the, you know, taking their recovery by the reins and, and going, you know, doing it without having to be, you know, pursued and reminded and, and harped on and nagged on is a big part of connection. Once you're in recovery, mm-hmm. the other one you and Steve, you and I talk about a lot, which I think is so critical is this ability to show up for each other on a daily basis, to check in, to share to get really raw and vulnerable and open with what am I feeling today? Yeah. What am I going through today? Whatever that is, Mm -hmm. no boundaries, no masks, no facades, no protocols. Here it is. Here's me raw, real. What you see is what you get. Mm -hmm. If you can begin to dare to dip your toe in that, in that, uh, vulnerability pond, so to speak, it is a huge part of your healthy connection as you, as you go forward in, in healing and recovery is that, that raw openness and sharing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and I think that's probably a good place to begin, right. For our listeners, if we were to give is to give an assignment, right. It's, it's much, it's one thing to share facts, Right. And, and facts are a, an ingredient to connecting with another person, right? Sharing facts, sharing those kinds of things. But the way we really establish and grow connection is through the sharing of feelings. Yep. And couples, you know, people who listen to this podcast, we know you're kind of a wide, there's a wide spectrum of where you are at in, in the healing process, in overcoming pornography and the, and the other issues that we talked about, sexual compulsion, all that stuff. And so every, every situation is different. But I think that if, if, some for some of you where it's very unsafe and, and you might be saying to yourselves, 
well, I, this person's so unsafe. I can't even talk about my emotions. You know yeah. what? Honestly, that's, that's okay. You know what you could share is vulnerably share about the reasons why. Yes. Here are the barriers. I want to do what Mark and Steve are talking about. I want us to be able to share more, right? I want to share more of myself with you and build that out. But right now, I'm not even able to go there. And these are the specific reasons. These are the specific things that you're either doing or not doing that are really creating a barrier for me to be able to do that. And you open the dialogue that way. That's, yep. You, you get, that's rawness and vulnerability right there. Absolutely. I can't get close to you right now. And here's why. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you. And here's why. Yeah. I'm not willing to put myself out there right now. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let me express to you what that's about. Cause that is a starting point, mm-hmm. right? If, if you're, if, if, if a husband is in any sort of, uh, you know, firm footing in recovery, or even maybe even not even firm, firm footing that, that does provide you, you guys, right. Those, those who are trying to get, trying to rebuild this relationship and that trust that gives you an olive branch, so to speak, to grab onto and to begin opening a dialogue with your spouse. And we would really invite you to do that from a very vulnerable place, right? Tell me, tell me more about that, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me more about that. Um, and that's where this is another episode for another day, but that's where you've really got to watch for those ego defense mechanisms coming up, right? And, and your shame being triggered and all of those things. But if, if you guys can start a dialogue on that level, and just practice hearing one another and being able to hear from your spouse and vice versa. That's, that's a beginning. Yep. I called, I, I, we refer to that as leaning in to receive what the other has to share, no matter how hard it is to hear it, no matter, no matter how, how bad it triggers your insecurities or your shame or your anger or your fear part of you says, I don't have to sit here and hear this or put up with this. And you want to run away and, and, and move away. And I, and we say, nope, in those instances, move toward lean in. I want to receive what you have to share. And I'm just going to sit here and receive it. Mm -hmm. That is the beginning of crazy, healthy connection. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So assignment to kind of kind of close off, close out this uh, podcast. What would we invite our listeners to do? I think it would be what we just talked about. Honestly, I think it would be wherever that conversation is at with right now for you. Level it up a degree, mm-hmm. right? Take it a little bit deeper than wherever because you're obviously all on very different places. Uh, pick something that would be reasonably safe to try and share. It could, it could be a feeling. Maybe it's just an experience leading to a feeling. Maybe it's an, for addicts, maybe it's an insight into recovery that you gain that day. Mm-hmm. Right. We talk all the time. If, if you want a huge pro tip for, for beginning <laughs> to establish, you know, recovery, don't just share with your wife the checklist of things you're doing in recovery. Share what you're actually learning. Share how you're growing. Share the insights that you're having, the empathy you're developing. Right. Yeah. Those, those things, that's the vulnerable side for yeah, you. Because... Share the recovery experiences that you're having. Yeah, Here's what happened to me today. Here's a situation I was in where I normally would have just started fantasizing, but I used one of those tools we talked about in group and it worked. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Absolutely. Now, later I went back to fantasizing, but mm-hmm. I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. And it might be something as simple as, you know, I was doing my studies today or I was doing my spiritual connection work. 
and I kind of just hit a new level of empathy for you. Mm. And here's one new thing that I kind of was that I was inspired about, about one way in which maybe this has impacted you that I hadn't recognized before. Yeah. I got an insight today into your pain. Yeah. And it really, I hadn't considered that before. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Awesome guys. Well, this has been, this has been great. As always, we, uh, we covered actually earlier on in the week, some topics really relating to this on our, uh, dare to connect program. You can see, um, we get interactive and live, uh, with our, with our addicts, spouses, and couples with three 30 minute groups or, or sessions, we should say, uh, each week where you can interact with us, ask us questions. Um, and, and we cover a whole variety of topics on there. We'd love to see you there. You can give that a free two-week uh, trial at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. All right, everybody. Uh, See you it. next time on PBSE. Yeah, have a great one, everybody. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.